Epstein gets off. He gets a slap on the wrist again, probably because of some technicality they can blame on Acosta. And then they can say that Jeffrey Epstein, a monster, is again walking around freely because of Donald Trump. And that is a divisive narrative that they can play up leading up into the 2020 election. If Epstein goes to prison, people celebrate. People unify. If he walks, divide and conquer. That's why I think he's going to walk. Jeffrey Epstein. Will justice be served, or is this just another psyop to protect those at the top? And how is this connected to Google's global news initiative? I'll give you a hint. It's about total information control. You're listening to the Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how's it going? Fantastic. How's it going with you? It's good. There's a monsoon outside right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Raining right oceans. I know. And I couldn't see anything five feet in front of me the whole way down here. That is so terrifying. It is. It is terrifying. You, you always have that moment where you you hit one of those water patches. Yes. You cannot see, and you're hydroplaning, so you... I guess it doesn't even matter if you can see because you can't steer. Don't hit the brake when you're hydroplaning. Right. Especially when you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> but I made it down here, so I'm happy Very about good. that. I'm sure you're highly frustrated by – I. the second I saw the, the Epstein stuff come out, the second I saw that he was arrested in New York, it's like there's absolutely no chance. Yeah. This is like the moment justice is going to be done. It was just – it just it just wasn't right. Yeah, I, I, the whole thing felt off from, from the very second beginning. one. For yeah. a number of reasons. One, because everything that's being reported by this amazing journalist from the Miami Herald, she's so wonderful. She cares about the victims. Everything that's being reported by her was reported by us and more two and a half years ago. And it was... It couldn't get any attention. Anytime Jeffrey's, Jeffrey Epstein's name was brought up in the news, they connected it to Pizzagate, called it fake news, and they silenced it. We reported the real stuff. This woman reported most of the stuff but left out some vital information, which completely changes the meaning of the story. One piece of information being that she makes no mention anywhere of the plea negotiation letter. Bill Clinton is – on the plea negotiation letter as a here's why you should let Jeffrey Epstein off. The Rockefellers are on there, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Trilateral Commission, all these powerful organizations. Jeffrey Epstein's wonderful and all these organizations vouch for him and his friendship with Bill Clinton. This is why you should let him off. Instead of bringing that up, they put the blame squarely on Alexander Acosta Anybody who leaves out the plea negotiation letter is not telling the truth because that is a vital piece of information. I will say that Trump's name is not on the plea negotiation letter. Bill Clinton's name is. That is a major difference in the story. Not to downplay any connections that Trump might have or that might come out, although the lawyer of the victims did say that That, that was a damning him. clip. You should play it again. Do you have that handy? I don't have it on me. I can insert it. Later, yeah, maybe okay. we can play it. Our current president has had relationships with Epstein in the past, and there are those, uh, Katie Johnson and maybe other victims who have accused Trump of being involved in things like this. Um, in my experience, Trump supporters will not listen to anything along those lines. Obviously, we're not a court of law here right now, but are those claims of those, though that case was dropped, it was dropped before it went to, to court. In your opinion as a lawyer and your experience, is there anything you can say as to the validity of those claims or whether or not there will be any, you know, any more about that nothing at all i the only thing that i can say about president trump 
is that he is the only person who, in 2009, when I served a lot of subpoenas on a lot of people, or at least gave notice to some pretty uh, connected people that I was going, that I wanted to talk to them, he is the only person who picked up the phone and said, let's just talk. I'll give you as much time as you want. I'll tell you what you need to know. And was very helpful in the information that he gave and gave no indication whatsoever that he was involved in anything untoward whatsoever, but had good information that checked out and that helped us and that we didn't have to take a, a, a deposition of him. And that was in 2009? That was in 2009. The lawyer of the victims, who is still the lawyer of the victims, said that Trump was the only person who he subpoenaed who did not flee the country, like Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's number two in command. She said she could not be deposed because <laughs> yeah. she was going back to England because her mom was sick and that she was never coming back to America, only two months later to be photographed at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Other people had ways of dodging the subpoenas as well. Trump, the lawyer, said his name is Bradley Edwards. I talked to him. Personally, it's funny. I was listening to some clips of this Julie K. Brown, who is the Miami Herald reporter, who's going to win a Pulitzer for this, for lying to the American public, lying by omission, creating a false impression. She'll win a Pulitzer for it. Wow. We reported this two and a half years ago, and we're called fake news and demonetized. She talked in some of these clips I'm listening to about how she was trying to contact the lawyers of the victims, and they just frankly, frankly, she says that all the time, frankly, they, they wouldn't get back to me. Well, the lawyer of the victim got back to me the first time I emailed him. So that, that seems kind of odd to me. Maybe you have a lot more clout. Than yeah, she I'm does. sure. Right. <laughs> Maybe you have get a lot more press coverage. It's also worth noting, and there's a lot of things worth noting about this woman, is Julie K. Brown, the woman that is being hailed a hero, what they give her credit for doing is they say that she unearthed the fact that Acosta is the one who was the federal prosecutor and who negotiated the plea deal. I'm like, wait a minute, she did? Because I thought we pointed that out two and a half years ago. Didn't Our, they even mention it in his hearing? In his like, Yeah, they did. Yeah. Somebody so. brought it up. You know who brought it up? Tim Kaine. Cause oh, they, really? Because this was an operation. There's a propaganda technique that Harold Laswell talks about. Harold Laswell is a pioneer in the study of propaganda, and he's written – a bunch of books for elitists. He's an elitist. He's written a bunch of books for elitists analyzing propaganda during World War One, World War Two. It's fascinating information. He talks about the technique of when information is going to come out that you cannot prevent from coming out. When you cannot stop it, then what you do is you co-opt it and you control it. And you release it strategically at a point in time and in a place where it's going to benefit you as opposed to allowing it to come out in a way that you can't control it where it might not benefit you. And that's what's going on here, I think. Had this information about Jeffrey Epstein come out back in 2016 on a national level, had it been amplified by the mainstream media on a national level like it's being amplified today instead of being suppressed by the mainstream media like it was suppressed back in 2016, then this would be a Clinton scandal. Let me take a step back for a second. Anyone who is unaware, Jeffrey Epstein was recently arrested again in New York for charges related to activities he was involved in back in 2004 and 2005. I'm not quite clear on all the legal dynamics of why they're able to prosecute him again in New York. What are, do, you, do you know what the charges are? Human trafficking. That's the main charge. He's okay, facing potentially so 42 years. 
But the charges, they're only on him. So none of the charges are related to anybody else. So it's only him. So all the other people are excluded as of now. I think it's very – if it's something like that, it's very broad, and it includes transportation. And yes, that's what if, it is. If he brings Bill Clinton down there with, for the purpose of using a sex slave, for example, and they leave out of the airport in New York, I'm, I don't know the statutes or anything, but that kind of thing is pretty uh, – you know, they usually can – rope a lot of stuff in like the racketeering stuff or conspiracy you know like anything that says any touches anything anywhere can sometimes get folded in yeah i'm not convinced that he's not willingly part of this little oh i i assumed that immediately (laughs) uh, oh yeah i mean i i figure that with a lot of these guys i thought that with cohen and manafort too somehow this i mean even el chapo he he got convicted and he's and I thought immediately I was like oh he'll probably get an Epstein style cell yeah and then as I was having that thought listening to whatever it was Fox News it 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 said oh El Chapo has already begun to complain about the quality of his accommodations which is hilarious because his alternative was in Mexico and I figure the only reason they extradited him they they talked about. Uh, doing a service to the Mexican people. I was like, our, our prosecutor said that. Uh, and I thought he was, he's doing it just so he can have, uh, you know, he'd be like a, a latchkey prisoner like Epstein was. Yeah. It was kind of strange that he's there with, I think he's being, he's held in the same place as El Chapo. That was maybe there. No way. Yeah. You didn't know that? It, uh, is it just Rikers Island or is it someplace I don't know. Different. Yeah, because like Rikers Island's where they process everybody. All of these details, these outside details, I, I went through some of them, but they're all a distraction. Yes, so I, I totally I agree. Focused, I focused in on, at least for this aspect of it, not not to say that there's not there's other agendas going on here too, but there's one specific that I, I, I focused on. Oh, okay, yeah. But I, I'm going to have to add that to my glossary, latchkey prisoner. I just, I coined that. <laughs> That's, nice. That's I mean, nice. I like it. I think it's good. It is good. So this propaganda technique, the Laswell talks about you control the information when it comes out. So had this information came out in 2016, it would have been now Trump. They would have attempted to link it to Trump, but it would have been a Clinton scandal. Had all of this stuff came out back then, it would have definitively been a Clinton scandal. And they don't want that. They can't allow that. So they suppress it. They suppressed it back then. But now fast forward three years. Alexander Acosta is in Trump's White House. Yeah. You know, they nominated him with flying colors. Everybody. Why aren't we blaming everybody in, in Congress, too, here? Which, by the way, he was pressured not to say that he's not not to absolve him of guilt. But when you actually read the case files, he was pressured. It, it was him up against the Clinton Global Initiative, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Trilateral mm-hmm. Commission, a collection of the most powerful organizations in the world. They were pressuring people's families. They were threatening people were dropping out of the case. I believe some people have died. Yeah, so if it, you if you look at the all the details of that case and think about the weight. First of all, I think he was kind of junior to be in that position. They probably told him that this position with the Trump administration was going to be payback, meaning a, in a good way. Of course, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't know this was coming and that Trump wouldn't even be focused on it. But if you go back and look... Ken Starr was one of Epstein's attorneys and 
is yeah. probably on the same page as the plea agreement with Bill Clinton. And Ken Starr was the one who was prosecuting Bill Clinton for Whitewater, yeah. Monica Lindsay. He was the special counsel. It just shows how incestuous and bullshitty it is that it's like two sides of this. But the the us versus them thing, this is true for like the FBI and maybe even the CIA. Like they're totally hardworking, like true believers in there, believe, like actually believe in the law and everything. And I wouldn't be surprised if Acosta was one of those guys and these people just all were uh, aligned against him, arrayed against him. And even the local guys, I know the local, I don't want to say it's one thing when it's another, was it the police chief or whatever, just immediately rolled over for this. And there were a couple of cops who wouldn't give up on it. And and at least one of them is dead rather prematurely, in my opinion. Yeah. And, oh, you know who's dead? That it did in none of the stuff I was reading, which really freaks me out. Uh, or as a tell, I should say, it doesn't freak me out, is Alfredo Rodriguez, the butler who worked for Epstein, yeah. who was afraid for his life. He gives the little black book to the defense, the the victim's attorneys. The black book of names and yeah, phone numbers. Because he was afraid what would happen if he gave it to the prosecutors. So prosecutors and the victims are supposed to be on the same side. But he didn't want to give it to the prosecutors because he didn't trust that the victims would get it or that he thought it would be buried correctly, I'm sure, because the local cops were obviously or at least the guy on the scene, the big guy down there was totally um, compromised. So he gave it to the defense guys and the defense guys had to turn it in, if I understand it correctly. And when they did, uh, Alfredo Rodriguez was immediately arrested. Then he spent more time in a worse prison than Epstein himself. And then soon after uh, he died. Yes. Yes. I uncovered that. I I, I, I remember. We talked about that in 2016. Yeah. And that was something that was not like I found one art. Even if you looked at it right now, it's like one article. It's actually kind of hard to find that. Bradley Edwards talked about it. In an interview recently, he, did he really? Yes, he did. He's taught. Yeah, that all, all of the I find Bradley it, Edwards is the, is the lawyer uh, for the victims, yeah. and it, it's just funny to listen to this Julie K. Uh, Brown talk about all the work that she did, and and the fact that they're even interviewing her because I found out everything that she's reporting and more. Because if she really researched the case, then she found the stuff that we also talked about. She just didn't report it. I found all that stuff out because the lawyer of the victims pointed me to the court documents on PACER and told me where to look. So why wouldn't they be interviewing this person? I think that he would be a a more knowledgeable person on this than this random Miami Herald reporter who is a rabid anti-Trumper from day one. Everything she says on Twitter, if you go back to 2016, it's like just repeating CNN. Oh, what is her what is her name again? Julie K. Brown. And let me finish this, this point here. Okay. I started a, a minute ago. If it was 2016 and this information came out, then it would have been a Clinton scandal. But now that Acosta is in the White House or was in the White House and the Clintons are out of sight, out of mind for the most part, you can control it now by allowing it to come out now if you give it to the right person to publish it, and then you can make it a Trump scandal. Whether you think Trump's involved or not. That's the that's one of the reasons it was released right now, because this information was coming out anyway, and it was already out there anyway. By releasing it right now, it can serve the agenda to divide and conquer the country. And that's why I believe it was allowed to come out right now. It was given to a reporter at the at the Miami Herald 
a very, very friendly. I'm going to tell you a lot more about the Miami Herald here in a little bit. It's pretty unbelievable. It was basically given to a local mouthpiece of the national media media so they could pretend that some bootstrapping investigative journalism was done and they can make it appear to be more trustworthy when in reality, while it might sound a little bit different coming from the Miami Herald, while it might appear some hardcore investigative work was going on, what's really going on is, is just they're repeating the mainstream media's talking points or they're leaving the same impression that they wanted to leave in 2016, and that's that – Anything to do with Epstein is a Trump scandal and not a Clinton scandal. And yes, they do talk about Clinton because they have to, but they minimize it. They act like the lawyer of the victims didn't say that he talked to Trump and that he thinks that Trump helped out the investigation. And they act like Clinton's name isn't listed in the plea negotiation letter. You know, I mean, these are not two comparable things based on the information that is out there. I'm not saying that Trump doesn't have some shady connections or some some shady interactions, but. Uh, if there's that more evidence of him doing something, I want to see it. I'm saying the way it's being reported is very dishonest, and it's being reported right now because it can be used as a tool to divide it and conquer the country, in my opinion. Um, and I think that's why it was released right now. And why here, right now? We tried to bring attention to this stuff and more back in 2016. So did others. Why was it suppressed back then? Because it would have been a Clinton scandal. Now it's not a Clinton scandal. It's a Trump scandal because oh, Acosta oh, right. is in Trump's White House. And when right. Acosta in Trump's White House, you can say, look at that. The guy who let Epstein off is is in Trump's White House. And now if, if Epstein gets off, and I think he probably will, he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist at the most. Because if Epstein went to prison for the rest of his life, everyone would celebrate. It would be a unifying thing. People on the left and the right on all sides would be happy about it. That's not what they want leading up to an election. They want divisiveness. So Epstein gets off. He gets a slap on the wrist again, probably because of some technicality they can blame on Acosta. And then they can say that Jeffrey Epstein, a known pedophile, a monster, is again walking around freely because of Donald Trump. And that is a divisive narrative that they can play up leading up into the 2020 election. If Epstein goes to prison, people celebrate. People unify. If he walks... Divide and conquer. That's why I think he's going to walk. Yeah, that's good. That's a sounds right. <laughs> that that would see that would be the way they could get him. So I, I think he's totally cooperating. I look at these people. I think I, I really want to see the hard time they're actually doing relative to their crimes, relative to the hype. And with him, you're right. They could. They could transfer they, – they can make what was the terrible, terrible scandal of Alan Dershowitz and Ken Starr and Bill Clinton and all the corrupt people along the way who got this guy off in the first place, killed people maybe, threatened, yeah. all those people. It's their scandal. And simply by somebody having planted this puppet probably, Acosta, in the Trump White House, which Trump probably doesn't even – I, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't really know that this was the Epstein guy. I mean, he's definitely not doing his own research. So if whoever's yeah. stovepiping to him did not want to tell him that, maybe he followed the Epstein. I mean, he's not stupid, and he might have been interested in the Epstein thing. Because I actually think, based on what your that clip was about Bradley Edwards saying that he was very cooperative, he was the only one who was cooperative. He was always helpful made me think that that Trump was annoyed with Epstein for violating Mar-a-Lago and going in with his 
uh, his madam, whatever, and getting those young girls. I mean, that's bad. And and if even if it didn't outrage Trump morally, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did outrage him morally. Uh, I know that sounds funny because he seems so immoral, but I, it, he when I read this book, Trump Nation, which was out to like make him look terrible the whole time, he had some funny little things like when he said, uh, "You can't, even though I'm rich." Uh, and these chicks are probably younger and hotter than I would otherwise get, they still are attracted to me because you have to be a complete prostitute, really have that mindset to not at least have some kind of attractiveness to the guy. So, like, he, it sounded like an unbelievably crass thing to say, and it <laughs> is, but it gives it gives a sense of, like, he has a sense of proportion and morality. and You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good one. I'm just saying... He he has some insights. He's not an idiot, and he's he seems to have some parameters that he knows people operate within. Yeah. And to the extent that Jeffrey Epstein is getting uh, nailed in New York for some tangential tangential thing, whereas if he was arrested in Florida, it would be a really mystifying why they weren't throwing the book at him on like hundreds of charges of stuff that there's tons of evidence for, and an illegal plea agreement would be vacated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they have him up there where they can control it, where it's minor, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that the tendrils of a crime can reach that far and be so wispy, Trump might have felt that it was a complete breach of, like, gentleman billionaire stuff. Not that I think either of those guys was a billionaire at the time and maybe not even now. Uh, well, now they're saying that Epstein's not, according to documents. I said that. I know, but they're, they're reporting. <laughs> I that know. Now. I know I, you said that. I, I, oh, she said, yeah. Well, as soon as I saw somebody, somebody write an article like recently within the past couple of weeks of, oh, I wonder if Epstein really is worth what he's like. I'm like, oh, I, I, know, I noticed that. I definitely noticed that. And they're saying that court documents, this is what they're saying. I don't know if it's true. They're but saying court documents finish. prove uh, that he's not, like, like you said. Yeah, I, I was in, it was in that Vanity Fair article years ago. It was very clear that you could, I, as soon as he, didn't have any clients and he had no, there was no records, no records, no tax and nothing like that. And he <laughs> was dealing in billions of dollars. Like the SEC has, there's enough, you know what I mean? There are enough rules that that's not even possible. It was like where that Jeffrey Allen Lash guy who said he was an alien had all these amphibious vehicles and re weapons and ammunition. And it's, they're like, oh, it's like, uh, I don't know, but it, he's obviously rogue. I'm like, well, he's not rogue because it's all legal and it's legal in a way that would not be possible for someone who wasn't connected because the regular statutes are not written that way. So, so Epstein, like it, the normal laws would not allow for that if I understand them correctly, which yeah. I might not, but I think I do. But like just with the Trump thing, he, he, I could see him being personally pissed off at Epstein for saying, for, for bringing his, bull into mar-a-lago which yeah. could get trump in trouble you know what i mean like so he was like uh, yeah i'm gonna cooperate because that guy put me in danger yeah who they treated me like i'm some kind of chump yeah yeah exactly so i think his hand i think trump's hands are actually cleaner even than he himself will come out and say because you also don't do that you don't want to start with like if epstein's a mossad guy like that's that's what they're saying just lane maxwell's yeah. father was mossad yeah, they're so, saying that he's he's a Mossad spy, and and this was all debriefing, which is what we said back then, right? Too. And they're, they're, they found a fake passport in his vault. Oh, of Saudi Arabia, yeah, and like they, a bunch of cash. That's called a misdirection, right? Yeah, I didn't I didn't pay much attention to that. It seemed like 
it seemed like too uh, theatrical. Plus, it's Saudi Arabia instead of Israel because yeah. Mossad is Israel, and um, his, you know, that Wexler, Les Wexner. I don't know if he's what his story is, but Maxwell was definitely is definitely you know had a kind of weird death and was totally said to be he fell off a boat or something. Yeah, that's what I heard, and some said it was suicide. Whatever, I don't know, but definitely his name is associated with Mossad. Yeah. So if to the extent that they do if they were doing spying operations like that's what I always thought Epstein was about. He was propped up as this fake billionaire with all these resources that were provided by Wexner, which is in the record, and that he lured these people in who were interesting, important, could be blackmailed, would have information. He had the girls sleep with them and then he interviewed the girls, he debriefed them afterwards. That's all in the story. Like, yeah. so you just have to connect those dots and say, well, what is it? Well, this chick, Maxwell, who who's behind it, right? She's Mossad. So you got to figure it's that. Yeah. Or, I heard you know, that there's not, a theory not that she MI6. was his handler. She was his handler? I, I heard that theory. I don't Oh, yeah, know yeah, what... yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. If her dad was Mossad, then that would... Right. So you just you have to ask, who is he working for? Is he working for us? Is You know, I always think it's the triangle, UK, US, Israel. I don't know who's on top. I don't know how it goes. But they all have their own intelligence. And normally, you know, it, it doesn't complete. I'm assuming it does not. It, it seems impossible that there aren't like factions. So, yeah, so they so I believe each of those intelligence units. Well, actually, didn't. That one clip by Judge Napolitano said, like, the the British and the U.S. share everything. I'm not sure Israel shares everything. So, uh, so it would be more plausible that they would have their own operations running. But yeah. Saudi Arabia seems irrelevant. Yeah. Although, I, you know, they were all allied, I guess. And there's been stories about Trump having parties with a lot of women – not underage women, but women that Epstein was there. I Tr saw that video. Trump and Epstein yeah. used to party. And all of that, it, Trump has never been shy about the fact that he likes women. And while it might be creepy or whatever, it still does not amount to evidence of guilt when it comes to Epstein's operation. And that's where people, when they get worked up into an emotional fervor about – whether they hate Trump, uh, if they hate Trump, they they don't they can't or they don't want to differentiate between someone who might be promiscuous with with women versus someone who might be sleeping with underage women. But now, also, even with that video, they were showing. They said, oh, Trump is partying, you know, and it's like months after he got divorced from Ivanka, but before or Ivana, ugh, uh, but before he, I guess, impregnated Marla Maples. So he was actually unattached at that time. And they say that he was partying. Meanwhile, that kind of implies that this guy is debauched like Bill Clinton, but he has never he doesn't drink or do drugs and never has. So partying, I don't even know what that means. Then it says it even appears like he's kissing one of the models, but you can't really tell. And right. he didn't know it was being filmed. Yeah. 
I mean, it was, it's, if that's the best you got, like the more they're coming out with that stuff, the more it makes me think that he's beyond innocent. And I challenge everyone who's ever partied a little bit to tell me the background of every person you've ever partied with. Do we do full background checks on the history of every person we've partied with? No. And we, the party, why was NBC at the party? Like, what was a the good nature question. of the party? And that yeah. they were, well, they were, they weren't. So they're also guilty then, right? right. <laughs> you know, right. if we're going to use that as guilt. And people keep citing this, this quote of Trump. This is the, every single CNN panel discussion or MSNBC panel discussion about this starts with President Clinton had associations with him. And then President Trump back in 19 whatever said that uh, Jeffrey Epstein is a great guy. He loves women. Um, even heard that some of them might be on the younger side. And that that can be there's not only one interpretation to that, but what they fail to mention is that Trump said that New York magazine was doing a profile on Jeffrey Epstein on how what do they keep calling him? A globetrotter or whatever? They keep using these these stupid names yeah, for International him. man of mystery. Yeah, yeah, the they, talented Mr. Epstein. They're glamorizing this guy. And, and they, they killed some stuff in those original stories. They did. Like they yeah. had so So why is the magazine not guilty then? If, if the magazine went to Trump and solicited a quote from him. Now not to mention that he said he likes him a little young, which we would never say that if you liked him a little young. Yeah. Isn't there a code among pedophiles? Yes. I mean, he's not a pedophile. It's like something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, post-adolescent is not exactly the same. But right. convicted it's statutory, sex offender. honestly. Huh? Convicted sex offender. Yes, 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 yes. So I just think it. it everything that Trump says makes it seem like he is not in bed – Figuratively or literally with this guy. I would agree, too. And I want to give an example. I did a handful of short films years back, right when I first got into acting. A handful of films that I did, there was this person who was in a couple of them. And I thought this person was creepy from the second that I met them. But... I wasn't sure. I didn't have evidence of anything. I couldn't run to the media or the police and say, I think this person might be doing something illegal. I don't have any evidence. I just got a feeling being around this person. And my girlfriend at the time got the same feeling. In fact, privately, because this person came to some theater shows that we were in, some comedy shows that we were in, we were like, oh, gosh. Why did this person show up? You know, because this person's creepy. And we told our friends privately, hey, this dude it might be a pedophile. So be careful. You know, we don't know or have evidence. There's just something a little weird about him. And that's what we told our friends privately, right? Um, but we didn't have any evidence. We, we couldn't make a legal case for this. And on the surface, you talked to him. He said nice things. They they didn't. It was just something off is, is what, what it felt to me. And if somebody came to me, the New York Magazine, and said, hey, let me get a quote about this person that you know that you that's in a couple films that you did. We're doing a profile on how great he is. I'm not going to say I think he might be a pedophile. <laughs> you know, my point is. When you're you're put on the spot by a magazine, what is he, what are you supposed to do? You're spo- you're supposed to give out all of the your speculation that you can't prove in court, and you could get sued for defamation. Absolutely, I mean that is libel. And by the way, years later, this person that I'm talking about was arrested for having sex with a minor. 
I was right, Ooh. but I had no evidence of that. Ooh. But I, but privately, I told all my friends that. I said, stay away from this person. There's something off about him. Right, but you had absolutely no evidence. No you evidence. Never witnessed anything. No evidence he just whatsoever. Gave you the creeps. It, it was just the way that he acted around women. So, like, are you supposed to follow this guy around? Right, and, and collect evidence? Figure it out? Pri- I, I mean, mean, seriously, like... I'd be willing to bet that with every person that's arrested for a crime like this, that there are people who cross paths with this person in their life who, when they hear about the arrest, go, yeah, makes sense, because they could just kind of sense it. They didn't have evidence, but they just kind of had a sneaking suspicion. Now, are all these people guilty by association? Of course not. In fact, I bet just about everybody knows someone where they've had that feeling about them. But you can't just go around accusing people of stuff like this when you don't have evidence of it. So all this stuff, this guilt by association stuff, which is they're relaying that on hardcore, I, I, I don't I don't buy it. Show me evidence. If there's evidence that Trump – real evidence that could stand up in court that Trump did something, that he's guilty of – being a part of Epstein's operation, I want to see it because I want it to be exposed. I want it to be exposed, but I will not accept all of this. I don't like him, therefore he's guilty nonsense. And where did the 13-year-old thing? Remember somebody accused him of rape when she was 13? Right, and it was dropped, and there's the video. Did you see the video? No, I never saw the video. The video was the biggest joke I've ever seen. It was it was so bogus. I, I there was there was nothing to that. There was no evidence. The video was bogus. It was it was set up by a guy who used to be a producer for the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> wow. No nobody talks about that on CNN. I would think that if that thing had any legs, it would not I mean stuff that has like this. This has less evidence than that. Yeah, the but guy behind But on the it, other yeah. hand, there well maybe it's I don't know I I don't know but with there is a lot of stuff in Trump's background I think it's it has it's more about money and politics and using government money and getting advantages and yeah uh, you know and I do think there's Russia stuff but I think it's the Russian mob operating in New York I don't think yeah. it has anything to do with you've like, been Russian saying government. this for years that there's plenty of stuff to go after Trump about. Yeah, and real <laughs> stuff, but, but stuff that would really matter yeah. and bring other people down. I mean, nobody talks about Wilbur Ross being the Commerce Secretary and I believe one of Trump's handlers being a Rothschild guy. Yeah. George Soros bailing him out in Chicago. I mean, nobody talks about this right. stuff. His sister was a federal judge. His father made all his money on government like uh, real estate grants, and, and he himself didn't have to go through the process uh, The the full process of the casino licenses and stuff because of the guys he was in bed with. I mean, there's time you could write. If you really wanted to write an expose and you weren't afraid, I think you could, uh, it would be ugly. Yeah. But it wouldn't be about Jeffrey Epstein. No. Did you hear the Bill Barr connection? Oh, tell me, tell me. Did I miss that? His dad. No. Hired Jeffrey Epstein at the, private school that Epstein taught at. Hold on. Wait, he recused himself from something because of Kirkland and Ellis. What was that? I don't know. Okay. And and so who's that? Bill Barr's father? Yeah. Hired? Hired Epstein at the school. I can't remember the name of the school, but the like private school that Epstein taught at. What? Why did Epstein teach? What was Epstein teaching? Yeah, he was a teacher. And what I, was he teaching? Uh, sex education. <laughs> <Cute>. <laughs> no. I don't know what he was teaching. 
hygiene, I think they call it. Maybe. Uh, Let's see if but, I, but I, it wasn't, I can find the name of the school. It wasn't like a – it was a like for adults. It was like a college, right? No, it was high school, I believe. Oh, really? Donald Barr hired Epstein decades ago to teach teens at the prestigious Dalton School. Donald Barr was the headmaster at the school from 1964 to 1974. Epstein, a college dropout, taught calculus and physics at the elite Manhattan school. A college dropout taught oh, calculus God. and physics at an elite Manhattan school. That's that, interesting. No, I that didn't. I remember reading that now, way back when, and it just didn't register to me as interesting. But it is pretty crazy that he worked at a high school. Yeah, it's all very strange. I have some clips I want to play for you that relate to a little bit about what we talked about towards the beginning. This, The Miami Herald and Julie K. Brown, and along with along with other things, along, the, along with this being a controlled release to make this a Trump scandal so that it's divisive, I believe – and I feel pretty confident about this because I discovered that this has been done already – um, with the Miami Herald, I believe that this is part of Google's global news, news initiative, which is an initiative that's been going on for a few years. They've been working with First Draft News. They've been working with First Draft News, which is funded by Google, which is funded by George Soros, which is the organization that put the term fake news back into the political lexicon with an article in 2015, about a month or so after Trump announced he was running for president and then propped it or positioned itself as the organization that's going to fight and take down fake news. So these are these are the organizations that are creating all these these news literacy initiatives. And this Google News initiative is designed specifically to fight fake news. In fact, um, you know, I'll play that clip for you. In a second, first I want to play. I want to play you a couple of clips because it's related to that of how the story in the beginning was not about we're bringing down a potential child molester and maybe bringing down his buddies too. The story was all about how how great this is a testament to great local investigative journalism. Oh yeah, the Miami Herald. Yes, so there's a reason for that. Which for me, I believe you because. When I was looking at it, everything was a rehash. There was no new information, and it didn't even have all the information that was out there. Right. You know what a major trust indicator is? The uh, remember the trust indicators, the the Google initiative and the Facebook initiative, the nine trust indicators to see if a source. You don't. Well, they had. There's. It's called. I think it might be trust.org, but one of the main. One of the main points for this Google News initiative is to rebuild trust, is to to have trust in the media. Which, you know what's funny about that is that they talk about trust in the media, rebuilding trust in the election process, rebuilding trust in the government. I've noticed this from the beginning, and what they never say is restoring integrity to the election process. (laughs) Integrity. You know what I'm saying? They never talk about inherent worthiness of trust. Yeah. Or even trustworthiness. They are always blaming the victim with yes. the trust thing. Well, some of the trust indicators, I'm recalling these off the top of my head, but some of them are local news. Local news is trusted uh, far, far, uh, far more than the mainstream media. In fact, the mainstream media trust is at an all-time low. 
people's trust in the mainstream, the national media. Meanwhile, their trust in local news organizations is is far higher and rising still. So if you want to get a propaganda message out and you're the national media, what's the best way to do it? Deliver it through the mouth of a controlled local news organization. That's that's one aspect of this. Right. Just like when you really want to get somebody to believe you, yeah. make sure it's leaked or yeah, released yeah, yeah. accidentally. Authentic. Yeah, right. Yeah, whistleblower. Yeah. And in these studies when creating these trust indicators, they asked people, they gauged what people wanted from news. And one of the things that they wanted, one of the major things that they wanted was more independent, dogged – I heard that word dogged journalism all freaking week. More independent, dogged, investigative journalism from local sources. Even – let me just say, even the – there's two big things. One is even the big, giant news organizations no longer have desks, foreign desks. They don't have it. They have locals on the ground in other places, and I've gotten this from pretty good sources – they get filtered. So a guy on the ground there has a connection at NBC News. He calls in his story. He reads the story in the news the next day, and it is completely distorted from what it was. Yeah. They don't have real journalists over there, and they don't care. Yeah. There's also almost everything comes out of those three news agencies. Yeah, yeah. And and I remember when this happened when I was a kid, The there are – National, like Gannett, is a national organization, a national corporation that bought all the local newspapers. Yeah. So it looks like you have these local newspapers, but you don't. And I did read a study that said as that consolidation happened, polarization skyrocketed. So people used to feel like there was common ground locally, and then now it just got all empty and partisan. And finally— They're being bought up. All of them are. Yes, but— Nobody does real journalism anymore. I mean, even to the point where there's one helicopter anywhere near a scene and that feed is highly controlled. Even if you did it, even if you Cheryl Atkinson yourself once in a while, you would be Cheryl Atkinson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's part of what they talk about for the purpose of this Google News News Initiative is – that news deserts, they call them news deserts, have been created all over the country where local news organizations have gone under because social media has given people – or the internet and social media has given people a way – well, not so much anymore – to get alternative news sources that it killed the profits of these local news organizations. People weren't buying hard newspapers anymore. So – this was a problem, and part of solving that problem we've, we've seen play out over the course of the past few months. You work with the tech companies to right. suppress – you work with Google, oh. you work with Facebook to suppress alternative news sources that you cannot control. The other aspect of that is you have to fill that trust gap. You have to, you have to reestablish some sort of local news outlet um, in the digital world. Because people aren't buying papers. Yeah, I mean anymore. that's the thing. Like it's so cheap. I've started just like myself on WordPress until it got destroyed. It's so easy to put something like that up, and you can sell just the same amount of ads. Actually, it would be better. And the, and I'll tell you, Conrad Black was way way ahead of that, and uh, and then he got railroaded on something not even true. 
And then all his newspapers folded and went bankrupt because nobody ever followed through with his timely vision. But you could easily convert that stuff to local. I mean, easily. right. Well, what they're what they're they've been trying. They've been testing new business models. This is where the Miami Herald comes in again. They've been testing new business models to find out because what you got to do is if to, in order to have these news organizations, these these organizations that people trust since they don't trust the mainstream media. So to have these front organizations that appear to be local, they have to be profitable uh, so that people can do it and work at it. And the new business model that they've latched onto is the subscription model. And a lot of people probably notice if you read three articles from the Washington Post or from another website, you get a paywall. And you got to pay to read more now. That's the model that they've been testing out. And the Miami Herald was one of three – I can't remember the two, but was one of three organizations that has already tested this model out through Facebook, through the Google subscription initiative, and through another – they have been the pilot example in multiple world global Google initiative plans to shut down alternative opinion and alternative news reporting and concentrate it back with the mainstream media under the guise of local news. They have been the central test subject. They are funded by – was it McCarthy? Is that what it's called? McCarthy is funding the Google News Initiative. Well, the, the, I, the people funding the Google News Initiative own the Miami Herald. The Miami Herald has been a test subject. The Miami Herald subscription plan in the first test they did uh, last year, uh, 2017, 2018, tripled their subscribers. And they're running another test right now. That's what this is. It's a Google News Initiative test, and they're using this Epstein story, in my opinion, because it's a divisive one and because I think they're testing to see if they can win over, quote-unquote, conspiracy theorists. Because when I read that story initially, when I didn't know anything about the Miami Herald, I went, wow, this does feel like real investigative journalism until I started – but since I've read the, the, the court documents – Yeah, but it wasn't because right. you knew everything in it, and you knew it wasn't the whole right. story. As soon as they leave out the plea negotiation yes. letter, I'm, I'm like, all right, this is fake. This is, this is a, this is a right. psyop. Um, so I started looking at the connections. The Miami Herald is at the center of this Google News initiative. Well, you're absolutely right that the Miami Herald was – being made the hero of the story. Yeah, from, I got some clips Let from me play. the very beginning because I noticed that it was getting so much circulation. Yeah, yeah. For a retread. Listen, listen to this. This yeah. is this is great. These clips they play. They're all short. Her dogged pursuit of the truth, <laughs> not letting it go. It cannot be ignored here. I can think of no greater testament to the power of journalism uh, than your story. I hope everybody reads it on MiamiHerald.com. On MiamiHerald.com, the digital, local, trusted news source. <laughs> Will any of this matter in the political sphere, or more importantly, should it matter in the political sphere? Well, I mean, I think that's the unknown question here, right? I mean, obviously that is a... It is, a, it is a very ripe quote for being taken and used to say, hey, look, Donald Trump was close to this guy. But I think that sort of highlights the issue here. This is a guy who, as you pointed out, was close not only to Trump, who then was powerful in the sense that he was wealthy and, and a businessman. He was close to Bill Clinton, close to a lot of political figures. And that's what makes this Miami Herald report such a great example of exactly what the media should be doing. Right? This is holding power to account. And that Donald Trump had a connection to this guy shows how connected he was. Whether or not that connection meant anything, the fact that he had that much access to power 
power and continues to have access to power. That's why this is so important. And regardless of your political view, regardless of how you feel about Epstein, regardless of how you feel about Clinton and Trump, you should be celebrating this kind of reporting for that very reason. For getting to the truth. It's about Hold the reporting. On. Celebrate the Hold reporting. On. That yeah. was that Stelter That was a right? panel discussion on Stelter's okay. show. Yeah, sorry. Okay, listen. The that, that, that he is saying... Epstein's association with Trump decades ago shows the power that how powerfully connected Epstein was and doesn't say the fact that Bill Clinton flew on his plane to that island after he was president. Yeah. You know it's, what I it's mean? It's unbelievable. They, they they downplay. This is what I'm talking I mean, about. Ken Starr was his yeah. lawyer. This is what I'm talking about. They can make it a Trump scandal Prince right now. Prince Andrew was there. Because out of sight, out of mind, let's release it now. We'll make it a Trump scandal. Trump was a real estate guy who kicked Epstein out. That is not a demonstration of Epstein's power and connections more than Clinton dry, riding on the Lolita Express with him. You're going to love this one. And that investigative reporting at the Miami Herald has changed the world. In that series, reporter Julie K. Brown tracked down and wrote about the efforts to get justice. Has changed the world. <laughs> and that investigative reporting at the Miami Herald has changed the world. How? We, we could have changed the world. We report because she is lying to the American public and she's going to get a Pulitzer for it. And that it's gonna... is not a change. That <laughs> is right. how she's you get kept, a Pulitzer. She's kept the world the same is what she's done. To give you an idea of just how everywhere this woman has been, she is everywhere. Here's a clip from apparently Alec Baldwin has like an hour and a half podcast that he does where Julie K. Brown was his special guest. Hold on. You're going too fast. Alec Baldwin has an hour and a half podcast on a regular basis. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's regular basis or Please this is a tell special me event. I'm not sure that you are going to start monitoring. That. Absolutely, forget indivisible. Just bring me clips of Alec Baldwin ranting. I got to be honest. He asked her some pretty good, better yeah, questions he is, no, than other he, people did. He is smart and funny, and he's like obviously a lunatic on some level. But I, it'll be interesting. It, either it'll make you laugh, or it'll enrage you, or it'll be true. But I've yeah, got to hear yeah, that. Yeah. But but one quick thing: this Julie K. Brown. If could you see at some point, because I don't know the names of these people, when Stormy Daniels did her first fake political thing like 10 years ago. Yeah. And there was a local reporter interviewing her. Yeah, about it, yeah, yeah. That was in Florida, right? Yes. I just wonder who that guy was. He worked for the Daily Beast, I believe. That's a, oh, that's a good point. I, oh, I, he I wasn't a local. That. He wasn't a dogged local reporter. <laughs> he might have been at the time. I mean, if I knew his name, I'd Google him and Julie K. Brown. I don't right know now. if he was with the Daily Beast at the time. I think he might be now. I'd have to yeah. go back and look. I'm just curious, like how old, like Florida to a me good question. stinks to high heaven. Yeah, it does. Too much stuff is coming out of Florida, from George Zimmerman to um, the Pulse nightclub thing to Parkland. Uh, there's just too much comes out of Florida. Yeah. So I just think maybe it goes back. These people, maybe they have deeper connections. It's possible. I mean, I would. They probably do. That that was my. That was really my first red flag on this story is how everybody was just focusing on how how this dogged hero brought this information to light, and they all give her credit for bringing to light the connection between Acosta and the plea and the plea plea deal. Which I'm like, what? That's not new information. There's nothing new about this. When Rachel Maddow 
change the world. When she when she says this stuff, does she just not care what she's saying? Does she not know? Does she have complete faith in the people who write up her teleprompter? I think this is an operation. I think she, I think Maddow's high level. To be honest. With oh, you. she is. She's a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, I think she is. One, she's she's a good propagandist. She's a good. You know, people make fun of her, but she, her target audience love her. Hmm. I know people who love Rachel Maddow. They love how she tells stories. Oh, interesting. But she's such a. But this unified praise. She's so barky. I know. No, but she I'm just. Is, yeah. I'm just wondering yeah, yeah. if you think she. I think at that level, when they become like have a teleprompter. Oh yeah. I just wonder if they even think about it. You know what I mean? Right. Is she even reading it? Does she know it's BS, or does she? Is it better for her not to know? That's a good question. You're probably right. There's probably a lot of times they haven't even because you can get so good at doing that at reading a teleprompter that you don't even have to. It's it's, it's a cold read, is what it is. On in acting, you have to practice doing cold reads when you get a script last second. And the more you practice it, the more you can channel emotion and do it really well without without really having looked at it even. Like like Holy Fook, We Ho- Too Low. Holy Remember that one? No, what is that? This is the perfect example of how no one is actually reading what's coming out of their mouths. It goes from their eyeballs to their lips without passing through their brain. It was the San Francisco local journalism doggedly reporting <laughs> on the Asia Air, whatever it was called, flight that bounced off the runway. Yeah. And uh, and she was giving a report. This just in, the names of the pilots, Holy Fook, We <laughs> oh Too gosh. Low. Oh, my gosh. Something Wong. That is terrible. Oh, no, it was terrible. She read it. Should I not even say it? Should I not even repeat it? It doesn't bother me. I'm not going to get offended. I don't know about people listening, but. It was, but it's just a true story, and it was ridiculous. I mean, you have to say the names to know how ridiculous it is for her to think it was real. Yeah. You can't not say it without being like, obviously, she's an idiot. So somebody called it in, and, uh, and and got it through whatever it was a prank. Yeah, supposedly it was an airline pilot, and I don't know if he knew somebody at the at the like FAA or whatever. Somebody called in, but the funny thing was the names of the pilots had already been known. Anyone who really was following the story would have known it. Yeah. And something really sad about that story. I think the only person who died or people who died was a, was a girl who like had fallen down on the runway and was covered in. Um, fire foam and was run over by a fire truck or something like that. Like that, I always, it always makes me sad when like the response, you know, like, like, so, like cops come to your house and it's the wrong address or things get at hand and like you only got killed because the authorities came like that just yeah bums me out. But, but yeah, so she, so that to me is proof positive that people are not, letting the stuff pass through their brains and and maybe there isn't time for that it was actually funny when she did it because it was so ridiculous she was you know what i mean yeah but now we know so i don't i don't think rachel maddow would be that that unplugged yeah i think with this julie k brown there's a memo sent out to all the top propagandists where it's like that we are giving credit to her and, and the Miami Herald, because this is what we're doing, because they trust local more, and we need to bolster it. Well, we need they're to never boost subscriptions. The, they're, yeah, they're ne- never going to write 
their ulterior motive in paper. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, but but no, all I'm saying, my only point, I didn't mean to go off on a major tangent, I'm just saying, I doubt Rachel Maddow, I mean, she certainly didn't listen to our show, so she yeah. would have had to done a lot of research to know that all this stuff was already out there. Yeah. So she she probably, there's no reason to tell her or not tell her. She just thinks, like, she believes it. All these she doesn't networks, have to believe though, it, but yeah. she she probably just you know that I think that that's the way to do it anyway. That's the way to have right. the plausible deniability is to make sure that your talking head is disconnected from the brain. Yeah, I I think in a lot of cases that that is what happens. I Brian Stelter, I know that he knows because I've cut tons of clips of people bringing up the plea negotiation letter. And, really? And, and yes, and Jeffrey Epstein no and the real facts way. and him silencing them and saying, no, no, we don't need any Pizzagate fake news stuff here, not here, and shutting them down. Wow. So I know for a fact that he knows. Wow. Yeah. And and I think Rachel Maddow, I, I would yeah, guess that, that, that she that does. Yeah, that more or less answers my question. And, and these organizations, CNN, I'm pretty sure MSNBC too, are partners with First Draft News, which is at the, the crux of these news initiatives worldwide. So I I think they're all working together on this. Now, a lot of the the journal – like I don't think people in Atlanta or anything are – Absolutely nailed it. No, I think – well, the Atlanta Journal Constitution isn't associated with those things, I don't think. Yeah. I think the high-level players are the – It's it's parent companies getting smaller and smaller, so I don't don't know what will happen to it, but I – I don't think it's in – in – I don't think they all are, but I was actually surprised to see that Atlanta – still has that kind of local ownership yeah. because in my town in Rockland, the journal news w- became basically a national rag Right when I was a kid. And I remember, I remember when it happened, my parents were like, Oh, this is just a Democrat. It really, that, when I, I started looking into the Miami Herald, I was, I was kind of shocked how, because you watch these interviews and, and it feels like this is a woman that had no money, no funding, and just uh, – I get – well, I'm going to play a clip as to why she um, started doing it again. But it, it feels like, man, she was broke doing it, and I'm like, bullshit. We were broke researching there, this. There's this woman one, was – There's one – there's one newspaper down there, I think – I don't think it's the Sun Sentinel. I think it's like the Sunshine something. And it was like a newspaper, like a real local newspaper. And they wrote an article after Parkland. Yeah. Saying, you remember, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. About the cops. I know the the newspaper. Not the Sun. I don't think it's the Sun Sentinel. I think it's something sounds like that, but isn't the Sun Sentinel, I doubt, is like, I don't know. I don't know. But this one newspaper wrote this article, published this article about how these three sheriff's deputies died mysteriously around Parkland. Yeah. Very mysteriously. And they were just like the Broward County guys saying, look, I hate conspiracy theories. I don't want to be painted with that brush. I'm all about hardcore news, but we don't have any answers with this stuff. And these guys all had connections to Parkland. Yeah. So what's going on? Yeah. And so when I, so I keep, so there is, it's out there. Yeah. There is such a thing out there, but it's, I don't think it's, there was no follow-up article, let's just say. Yeah. I haven't looked to see what all the local news around 
the area where Epstein was doing all this is. But I, I, I do recall reading actual local news, and it wasn't the Miami Herald. So I was thinking about, okay, if they were truly propping up local news, then they would be – it would be these other organizations that – because it's some of these other organizations, these smaller organizations that are local, really did have some good information about Epstein um, back in the day, and they're not the ones who are being given credit for it. The Miami Herald and this Julie K. Brown is who I'm sure who who, who doesn't like Trump, so she may very well think that she did. I, although I think okay. they probably promised her a Pulitzer or something. Um, sure, but I did find it's Nancy Smith at the Sunshine State News. And her, the article from a little while ago was about a couple of years ago was about Jason Fitzsimmons, maybe just one year ago. An outspoken Broward deputy dies, and it all goes quiet. Why? And then yeah. it starts with conspiracy theories have always turned me off, and I'm not posing one now. But doesn't anyone else want to know what happened to Broward County Sheriff's deputy Jason Fitzsimmons? So now, I don't mean to derail you, but I after this, after we're finished. I am going to look into what she and this newspaper said about Epstein. That's a good over idea. Yeah. Do you know how to search within just a website? I can tell you. Uh, not the edit find in this page. Oh, I've never tried that. I guess that maybe that works also. What well, I do my, is I don't think it's. It might not be the whole website. What is it? Before you write the website, you write in lowercase s i t e semicolon. Okay. Wait, semicolon or colon. It's colon. It's not two semicolon. dots. Yes, two dots. <laughs> two dots. Okay, got it. That's good. And then you put the website. Sometimes I include the www. Sometimes I don't. It's just whichever one works. And then you. Oh just yeah, put, it says search with Google. Right, and then you then you hit a space, and then you use quotes, and you type Jeffrey Epstein in in quotes, and it'll only search for that within that website. It, that's a. It's actually a very useful tool. That's awesome. All right, I'm looking for it. I just but I. Really miss the days of, uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Custom date range. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Let me play these two clips for you. Go for it. What's up, everyone? I wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who has donated to the show, either through PayPal or Patreon. Your donations, your support are the only reason that we are able to continue doing the show. Our mission is to expose the lies, to uncover the agendas that lie beneath the surface, to empower people if we can, and to promote libertarian principles. Control of the internet is making it harder and harder for us to find good information. We're spending most of our time researching, thinking of creative ways to find good information, and we need funds to help us to continue to do this. So if you like the show, if you get value from it, help us out if you can. Drop us a donation via PayPal or become a Patreon we need all the help we can get. There's an assault on the truth going on right now, and we'd like to continue fighting for the truth as long as we possibly can. You can find the donation links at our website, www.thepropreport.com. That's www.thepropreport.com. Enjoy the rest of the show, y'all. My question about Julie K. Brown was, okay, why did she just report this just now? Why did she just now get interested in this? She's from Florida, and strangely enough, one of the trust indicators that they, they talk about in, in this news initiative is that people want journalists to – investigative journalism from people who are familiar in the field, who have history in the field. And so I looked up her history, and strangely enough, she uh, investigates um, sexual crimes in prisons, and she's done a lot of, a lot of series on that. So 
She seems to be on that beat, yet she did not report this or investigate this until just now. I wanted to know if she knew about it. And here's a clip of her talking to Alec Baldwin, showing that she clearly did know that it was going on. You've been with us for a while now. You, you first started reporting on this case when? Um, a year and a half ago. But I knew about the case for a long time. And you got involved in the case... Why? Because I was, uh, I did a lot of human rights reporting for the Miami Herald. I covered the prisons, and I knew that Florida was one of the states that had a huge sex trafficking problem. And I always, uh, everything that I read was, uh, they were going after little cases, but I knew that there were some big fish, so to speak, in Florida that were probably behind sex trafficking. You knew that how? I just, you know, it's, it's, it's just reasonable to think that there are uh, this it's a big money-making operation it's it's all over the country all over the world really human trafficking and sex trafficking involving uh women and children wow she's not answering oh she does tell how she really why she did really start in this next clip keep in mind a year and a half ago that's early 2018 that's that's relevant here in a second here is her explaining despite her knowledge of this going on why now she actually began investigating can i interrupt you again oh yeah go ahead Sorry, I did the search as you were telling me to do the search, and I found one article from February 2015 from the Sunshine State News. And you want to know the headline? What? South Florida sex abuse case is Hillary's headache. There you go. <laughs> but guess who wrote it? Who? Roger Stone. Oh, my gosh. I know. Me? It's so crazy, and it's about Epstein. I can't wait to read it. But Roger I- Stone was just banned from social media. Oh, judge. hashtag social media slavery. Have you heard wow. that one? Yes, I have. Ah. Anyway, I, I'm dying to hear how she answers Alec Baldwin, but I just had to tell you That's that. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. There you go. What really uh, launched the piece was when Alexander Acosta, who was the prosecutor, the federal prosecutor in Miami who handled this case, uh, got nominated by President Trump to be labor secretary. I thought I knew about the case, and I thought, well, let's see what happens. Oh, wow. So she only cares about the victims. She only cares about victims once Alexander Acosta gets nominated. She doesn't care about Epstein running around free. Only that Alexander Acosta. So now she better. This is a psyop. Yeah. And and it's actually let's see what happens. Like that's a level of amorality that you'd have to be very amoral to not realize that. Well, I mean, maybe as a journalist, you just let things unfold and see what happens. But she might have written the article. That's what I would have done as a fearless defender of the election, you know, whatever, of the government, of the of the integrity of our system. I would have said, hey, this guy is is compromised. Yeah. And he shouldn't be elected. He shouldn't yeah. be appointed. Yeah. It, that really... Yeah, why did she wait? That would so have long? been the time to write the article. Is she what had I'm already saying. been investigating it, right? Yeah, she wrote the article. I think shortly after he was nominated, right? But you do it while it's happening. Right. I mean, we all know what well, people are interested or, in while it's happening. If you care about the victims, like you claim in these other, yeah, interviews, what difference? What is she waiting you for? You do it three years. You do it ten years ago, right? And what happened to make it change? I, yeah, exactly. Nothing. Nothing except Alexander that guy getting Acosta. appointed. And he was, she, so she should have brought it out then and stopped it. They're going to give this fraud a Pulitzer for this. 
I mean, that's terrible. I see that stuff and I avoid it. If she truly, if she truly knew this was going on and she had the resources of the Miami Herald to report on it 10 years ago, then she helped cover it up for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's her responsibility. She's still helping cover it up. She, and is she talking about the corrupt local officials and the dead, uh, cop? I have not heard her talk about the dead cop. And what about the corrupt, the guy who wouldn't, when it first started coming down? Her main talking point is that Alexander Acosta was the central character that gave Epstein the plea negotiation. No, it only went to him because the local guy was so bad. She talks about that, but she frames everything in a way where Alexander Acosta is solely responsible, 100%. The Miami Herald called for his resignation when she published this article. They were the ones that initiated that. Say that again. The Miami Herald, when this article was originally published, she first published it back in November, called for Alexander Acosta's re- resignation. They are the ones that initiate that initiated that this call to have him step down. Yeah, this local dogged journalist. And with that in mind, this clip is kind of—I don't know how long this clip's going to be because I didn't get a chance to cut it. So I'm kind of, kind of—I'll stop it, or you can tell me to stop it. This is Philip Schneidler, the Google guy. The Google News Initiative is a journalism-focused program that will help publishers earn money and fight false news. Earn money and fight false news. And we see the Miami Herald subscriptions skyrocketing. They're already doing test pilots. I I hit the paywall reading their articles about this. I'm sure others did too, and I'm sure their subscriptions skyrocketed again. And are they fighting fake news? Yeah, they are fighting fake news because the fake news, what used to be called fake news, was that the Clintons were associated with Jeffrey Epstein and potentially a sex ring. So that that is officially being silenced. So those two points are being served here. This is the, the initiative. It will offer publications you know, another monetization model online called Subscribe with Google. Subscribe with Google is what the Miami Herald was a test pilot on. Oh, Tripled their subscriptions. Crazy. But look – we always forget, or I I forget, and I never tied it in before, but in Georgia, Nancy Schaefer and her husband were supposedly yeah. murdered, suicided, and she was exposing a Clinton-era, if not Clinton-connected, uh, nexus between human trafficking and child services. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You brought and that, her up. I mean, geography matters when you're, when you're actually physically moving people for— Young, underage people for sex purposes. Yeah. So again, Clinton's name comes up. No, in no, no less a connection than Trump's name in this all. What's hilarious is that Clinton actually made a statement. I don't know why he would, but he made a statement. I think somebody might have asked him, and he said he didn't know anything about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Your name is on the plea negotiation letter. And he's in the book, and he was on the plane. Yes. They have pictures of his autograph on the plane. Jeffrey Epstein, in the negotiation letter, started the Clinton Global Initiative, and he gets away with saying, do what? Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, he gets away with saying, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, You can tell me to stop this at any point. I'm going to kind of feel it out. But this this is this guy, this Google guy, talking about this Google Initiative, which this is very much a test pilot, a, gl- a, a grander test pilot that the Miami Herald is running here for Google. 
on the heels of announcing a slew of tools to help support journalists and publishers and stop the spread of misinformation. Now, Philip, as recently as last month, YouTube featured a conspiracy video about the Parkland shooting. Are you concerned you're too late in launching this new initiative? No, I don't think so at all. Uh, the publishing industry has a lot of very smart people out there. Uh, we are supplying a lot of great initiatives from our end, and I'm very optimistic. I don't think uh, we're too late at all. Uh, we're actually all in. I'm very optimistic. Now, Phil, part of your announcement is about shifting your algorithm to feature more authoritative sources. But why hasn't Google always done that? So we actually have done this. We announced uh, a year ago that we shift, would shift towards more authoritative sources. What we're doing here today is focus especially on breaking news. Because on breaking news, you have a specific challenge because it takes a little bit of while for quality journalism to do their work, while a lot of people try to spam very, very quickly the systems. So we're shifting even more towards authoritative sources in the context of breaking news, and we think that makes a lot of sense. We do this on Google with our Google algorithms. We do this on YouTube. So... I want to stop it there and point out the authoritative sources and the algorithms that they're talking about. It, it's almost difficult to – when you search Jeffrey Epstein to find anything but CNN, Miami Herald flooded at the top of the search rankings. And they, and this uh, is what I noticed that when I was taking my kids around to like apply to schools, authority, authority, authority. Yes. That's it. Not integrity, not evidence, none of that. But there's also – the Wikipedia theory of knowledge, you know, the uh, the Hayek theory of knowledge where actually crowdsourcing of knowledge. I mean, Quora yeah. actually is not a valid theory, in my opinion, yeah. but Wikipedia is. They suppress it centrally, but it's only it only fails because it did impose a layer of authority over it. Yeah, but. Just when when you crowdsource information and there are no barriers to information flow, that is more accurate than central control because they they just don't they have to use their judgment they can't have all the they can't process all the information to have a clearinghouse like the pricing mechanism is the best way to get the information so yeah. that's why that should have been his answer yeah yeah uh, but but it would negate his now answer which is completely wrong right. I want to point out because I'm looking at Alphabet, Alphabet that owns Google. Right. Alphabet offered Hillary Clinton the use of their plane during the 2016. Eric Schmidt was all over election. Hillary Clinton. I wrote articles yeah, about it. Yeah, I remember that, you talking about that, that censorship thing. And I said, keep your googly eyes on Eric Schmidt. And then he's also in with the Jigsaw guy. Who... In with First Draft News, uh, funding the Google News Initiative, um, uh, McCarthy. Or McCarthy, the the group that owns the Miami Herald, is partnered with them on the Google News Initiative. So, I mean, that's such a tell. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's see what else is in this clip. All in on trying to make a difference here. But if the policies that you're you're putting into place now, if you had had them in place um, before the election, would you have been part of that Russian manipulation um, of of the election of, of voters around the election that Google uh, spokespeople had to go to to Capitol Hill to testify on? 
So we ran a very deep analysis across our products, and we found very, very little evidence. Uh, if you remember correctly, I think we're talking about somewhere in the range of $4,700 uh, in uh, total spend, I think from two different parties. Uh, we are obviously always paying a lot of attention to this. We're always trying to improve our system. And I think with the step that we're taking here today at the Global News Initiative, which, by the way, goes a law away beyond just the algorithmic changes and has a lot of super interesting elements that we're announcing across three very, very big pillars. Uh, number one, we are really trying to make a difference here and strengthen quality journalism on our platforms. Number two, uh, we want to help quality journalism evolve their business models. And number three, we're trying to really empower publishers, with whom, by the way, we've worked for over 15 years in very close collaboration to basically get better at using new technologies and supply them with the technologies necessary to be ready for the shifting times that we see today. And now, Philip, of course, the Facebook data scandal has been all over the headlines today, and we're hearing a lot of calls. Strengthen local journalism on our platforms. Digital, help them subscribe. This is exactly what's going on with the Miami Herald right now. This is the same talking points that we're hearing from CNN and, and MSNBC. And this video, which I've actually played this before in a show when this came out. This video is from early 2018. When did she say she started working on this? <laughs> Year and a half ago. <laughs> Pretty big coincidence there. We're going to see more of this. We are going to see more major stories that they want to use to spread propaganda that instead of the mainstream reporting them themselves, they're going to be reporting them. Say They're going to be saying this local journalist from wherever that's going to be connected to this initiative somehow broke this story and praised the investigative journalism. I guarantee you. And when they, when they say that they're giving them the technology – to, to, if you think about it, Google is a curation machine. Yeah. It just curates. That's what it does. Then by giving search engine optimization theory, whatever, like their search engine is ranking stuff. It's curating. So yeah, if they yeah. are disseminating that to all the locals, they are stovepiping the information. Yes. But... They get to do digital stovepiping. There you go. All right. We'll have to put that in the (laughs) glossary. Um, But what you said uh, in that CIA thing, which is is so it's, you know, self-evident that you want a bunch of you want it to look like a bunch of different people are saying the same thing. And actually, Cheryl Atkinson talks about that in her TED talk about about how Wikipedia or wherever and her book, gonna, too. Her, huh? her book goes into that, too. It's Yeah, they make sure that it comes from different directions. And it sounds different. This is what I was talking about at the beginning. Coming from the Miami Herald, it sounds different, but it's leaving the same impact. And that impact is that it's not a Clinton scandal. It's a Trump scandal. Yes, yes, yes. But it catches people's intrigue, and it seems authentic because it's talking about this subject that previously the mainstream refused to talk about. So it lends credibility to it. I guarantee you that some people who they would call conspiracy theorists signed up for the Miami Herald because it earned their trust. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I hear it. I but wouldn't people say people who are focused on, on that subject. There's a lot of people I who would, are very passionate about that issue. I wouldn't. I would not characterize – for me, I wouldn't think that the demographic is the conspiracy theorist. I think the demographic is the intellectual who mocks conspiracy theories. Yeah. 
but knows there's bad stuff going on at high levels, deep levels, and they feel that it's out there because it's a pure limited hangout, and that's what limited hangouts yeah. are for, are for it, that crowd. Yeah, right. It's been confusing. I've seen some who would normally be labeled fake news or conspiracy theorists. I've seen them praising the efforts of Julie K. Brown. Well, are with, these people who are in on it? Like That, you know, that makes me Alex think Jones. that perhaps they are. <laughs> it, well, yeah, I don't know about Alex Jones, but uh, I think Cernovich was. But yeah. Well, he I, – I don't I – mean, I don't know what his deal is with that. I don't know if he's playing a anyone game Anyone who – freaking is on a rocket ship to the top and has all this credibility yeah. right away. I just, I, I'm never giving them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. I agree. And then, uh, but, but the, the thing is, it is absolutely been completely vetted of anything that could lead to answers, avenues that haven't already been vetted. Yeah. And it's not in Florida where a lot of people could pro- – there are probably many, many charges that were never included, which people would have standing to defeat that plea agreement, especially if they wanted to, like, join in suits that were already happening with him. Like, all this stuff yeah. comes together as, like, a very tailored PSYOP. And, I, it, and, yeah. it, and a topic that, you're right, has all that power – but when you look at it, so I was saying before, like he was a Mossad guy, let's say, I don't know, but let's say he was a Mossad guy and Mossad isn't a hundred percent always aligned with like the five eyes. They have their own stuff a little bit. So, but they are also often allied and aligned with those people. So, so yes, maybe when he was doing it, they weren't sharing debriefing Prince Andrew. I mean, Prince Andrew's on the other side of that, right? So yeah. if everybody always shared everything, who's Prince Andrew? He's one of some one of those groups, yeah. right? So it's a little bit of like one family against the other. Yeah. But now that it's that it's been taken out of that kind of factional thing, bring him into the fold, bring the Trump connection. You know, it, it, it's it's almost like sterilized. In the, in yeah. this way, you know, it's cartoonish. It's sterilized. It's definitely going to be highly controlled. Totally there's, sterilized. Yeah, there's the script has already been written. One more aspect I just remembered, and it's also another useful tool I found, is Google Trends. I look at Google Trends as a way to study the propaganda effect because what Google Trends purportedly does is it, it you when you search for something, it shows what – what terms that people are also searching with those queries. The top searches show the most frequently searched terms with the search term that you enter in in that session. So if I were to search Jeffrey Epstein, the top 10 searches are the other search terms that people are. So it's, it's what's on the top of people's minds. Mm-hmm. So it's what the media is planning in people's heads. So I did a, I cer- gotcha. I did a search trend for um, a Google trend for Jeffrey Epstein, and you can – do different parameters. I did it for the past seven days. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see what were the top searches. And the top searches are, number one, Jeffrey Epstein Trump turned into a Trump scandal. Number two, Trump Epstein. Hmm. Number three, Jeffrey Epstein Worth. Number four. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yes. That pisses me off. You called that a long I time know. ago. And number four, Jeffrey Epstein Clinton. So Clinton does get in there, but what it does though, when you search Clinton, is it downplays it. 
Right. So they've put it there. Yeah. They're ready for it. Which, when you hear those uh, James O'Keefe videos that came out so far of like Twitter and Facebook, maybe it was Google. Yeah, Google is one of them. You can see they're saying they do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I got today. That was as much as I could possibly absorb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I got to go. All right, thank uh, you. Thank you so, so much. All right, uh, lots to, uh, we've got to. Uh, lot to digest. I know, I have to read that Roger Stone thing. I will say that this is probably the first place that you've heard this Google News Initiative, I'm talking to listeners right now, connection to the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Uh, yes, and you know what happens to me all the time? I write these, or I, I see it now. I write these brilliant blog pieces like, oh, my gosh, I cracked the code. Yeah, I cracked yeah. the code. And then, like, when it happens, the story breaks. Like, oh, my God. I actually predicted the hashtag Me Too thing when I was in Stockholm. I was like, all the newspapers in London and Europe are all about women, women. Every article yeah. features women. It's like, what is coming? And it just came out of you. And then as soon as it happens, like, uh, that was so obvious. It's like, yeah, it wasn't I know, obvious. I know. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> it took me like two days to craft the argument. Right. How much research you had to do to right. find that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it makes me crazy. So like, it's like, this is not the first place. But I'll tell you that one thing that you have dead to rights is that Stacey Abrams flagging, uh, burning the flag thing, and New York Times picked it up and did not give you credit. No. But who they did credit was social media the day after yeah. we was, have it on the record. It was on social media floating that, around. Right. Okay. But yeah, there's yeah. no... Anyway, I'm just saying, like, they... You will not get the credit, but... I tell people about that, and I get the same reaction that you're talking about, and I'm like, I don't think you understand what I'm yeah, trying to tell understand. you. Yeah, you don't understand. Like, that... <laughs> you know, we, we're being, like, uh, stalked because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, donate to the show if you can, guys. We do need all the help we can get to continue to uncover this information that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Share it with your friends. Leave us a good rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Monica. Thanks so much. Bye. Right, bye.